Hello, podcast world. This is Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. We're back again. This is the Minds Gym podcast. We're here to share some amazing stories and assist in changing lives and hopefully change the way you see your world and to create more peace and love on this beautiful planet. I want to sincerely thank you for your support and please post comments and likes in the appropriate sections. We rely on your support and feedback to keep the podcast running. When your mind is open, aware, and in a peaceful place, the way you see and treat others shifts, and so do the people you surround yourself with. Your mindset is creating how you see and communicate with others. So how do we get clear? Well, I know how I get clear. I question my negative thoughts. Now let's ask some more tricky questions to my guest today. This is actually part two with Al Vanderbeek. You don't want to miss this episode. Al really opens up and shares some of his personal struggles and fear of sharks. So here we go. Talk about religion for a second here. So you raised in the LDS Church, Church yep. of Church of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ of Latter Day Saints. That yeah. is the <laughs> yep. That's your... Uh, A.K.A. the Mormons. A.K.A. the Mormons, mm -hmm. but we can't say that anymore. Oh, we can. It's okay. Oh, you can? We, we can. Okay. That's good. cool. Um, what are your thoughts on religion? Well, growing back, if we go back to my childhood, of course, I like many things, even music, I didn't understand um, the benefits of it. You know, you just did it because that's what you, you saw. That's what you did. That's what your family did. Um... So, you know, did pretty much everything as an active Mormon would do, went on a mission to Korea. And then I came home and I'm like, huh, why am I doing all this? It's hard to be a Mormon. And do I really feel like I can do all this or do I really believe in all this? So there was like a 15 year period that I just, uh, they call it inactive, right? I just right. kind of stopped going. I didn't have any issues really with any kind of doctrine. I didn't have any, I wasn't anti. I just said, I don't know, I'm not sure if I believe this. So I just took a break, you know, for 15 years. And then I met Rachel, and we were both kind of in that same boat of just, you know, church wasn't our thing. Um, but, you know, we started having kids, and our kids started having questions, and we started looking again, um, you know, at all the good things that we remembered growing up, you know, how it brought our family together, and just praying together, and going to church, and the social aspect of things, but just really just the core beliefs, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> what if we took all the things that we were taught growing up as Mormon and actually tried to apply it. Because up to that point, you know, it's one thing learning and hearing and seeing someone else share their experience and why they believe, but it's another thing actually applying it and seeing if it really works. And even though I went through the motions, went on a mission, and the mission, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was invaluable, the lessons I learned. And I think that strengthened my faith a lot, but it didn't get me to the point to where I could do it on my own and that I wanted to do it on my own. 
So it wasn't until we started just like, let's just go all in. You know, I felt like I was this guy sitting on this fence and I had one foot in the world, one foot in the gospel, and I couldn't commit to either. Um, and I treated it like a chuck-a-rama buffet. You know, it was just like, ah, yeah, I can do prayer. That's a good one. Oh, but that tithing thing. Ooh, no, I don't got no money. No, I don't, can't do that. You know, so I was just picking and choosing. That's how <laughs> I treated church. But when I decided to go all in and when I went all in with Rachel, yeah, that's when it started to make sense to me. Then it was like it became my own. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why we pay tithing. It's not because the church is greedy and want money. It's about, it's a higher law. It's about obedience. It's about giving up something and knowing that Heavenly Father will bless you in return. And when I did it, yeah, the people who hear this and don't get it, they'll, they'll think whatever. But I know now that when I do that, it's, it's a law of obedience and I, I, see blessings, temporal blessings, and I see spiritual blessings. So when I started doing those things, like fireworks going off on my head, and then I just became, like I, being a member of my whole life, like I feel like I finally became converted. Hmm. Like I became a, a true, like, disciple of, of Christ, and like a true... Like I had my own light. I wasn't living, leaning on borrowed light, you know? Yeah. Well, that's really kind of where it, where, where, where I am. Where yeah. Do uh, do you think you could have found that light otherwise, outside of the church? Um, Say you were never introduced to the religion oh, yeah. that you now follow. I could mean, you I still find that light. Well, I see people all the time. I don't. I don't think that any religion has the corner market on spirituality or the most amazing life. Like you can only do it. For me. I think that's the only way. I think for me, that was the way that I needed, I, what I needed. Yeah. But I meet people all the time that aren't, don't have a, a religion, mm -hmm. um, that are very spiritual, that are amazing, that are happy, that are all the Christ-like attributes and probably even more in some cases than most Christians that I know. Mm. So, yeah, no, in no term or in no way ever would I feel like, oh, the only way you can find happiness is to be part of a religion or yeah. be part of my religion. I know what I found from it, and I know the happiness and the peace that it brought in my life, and so that's what, that's what my motive is it, any, to share it with someone because if anyone would want to share a good book, a good movie, a good diet plan that will, because it benefited them, to me that's how I look at my religion. Is it something I know that has benefited my life and my family, and that's why I want to share it, not because I think it's the only way. It's the way that I know, and so I just want to share it. That works for you. Yeah. That's all that matters. Right. Works for Al. Works for me. And that's who we're most concerned with yep. today. All right, here's another question. I know you believe in God because I, uh, I was raised in your same religion. But here's a trick question. Do you believe in Satan? Yeah. Sure do. Do you believe in hell? I mean, I think we could define that in many different ways. So explain Satan to me. What does your Satan look like? And then follow that up with... I mean, just like I believe God, that we are created in His image. He's a personage of, of, that looks like man. We were created in His image. I don't think He's some type of floating orb 
or mass or matter that just is everywhere and exists. I think he's a, a like I'm a literal child of his that I was created. Like I'm yeah. a child of God. You right. know, you've heard that. Created in his yeah, image. Created in his image. And I believe that Satan is my brother. Huh. And I believe that we are in a pre-mortal world before this earth. And I believe that we had our free agency there to choose to come down to earth and experience what we're experiencing, even all the negative, the pain, the everything that um, people go through, we, we kind of volunteered for it freely. Um, and I just believe that there's opposition in all things, and I believe that Satan is opposition to the opposition to man. He's he preys on the natural man because I think the natural man is um, prideful, selfish, lustful, and I think um, whenever I'm feeling that way, I feel like he's uh, getting the best of me. And is that Satan getting the best of you, or are you getting the best of you? Well, I think it's... Um, of course, it's, it's me getting to a point that I'm letting myself be vulnerable to that. I'm not blaming it on him, but I think that um, his whole purpose is that he doesn't want us to be happy. I don't believe he has a body, and we have a body. I think he's jealous. I think he's very jealous that we get to experience a body. And so I think he tries to possess our bodies in, in, in ways that manifest in... Um, addictions, in mental diseases, in anything really. Yeah. So would you say um, your dad has anxiety and severe depression? Does Satan have anything to do with that? Hmm. Um, I think that, well, just speaking to my dad, I think he feels that he feels the influence of Satan probably more powerfully than he feels the influence of God. And what I mean by that is he, you know, he'll just talk about how he just... Um, is always having just negative thoughts. He's never said he'd wanted to kill himself, but he said that he wouldn't mind if he didn't wake up in the morning. And I, <laughs> maybe we've all thought that, but you know, where he said he has, like, he'll have dreams that are just so vivid and so horrible. Like, and I ask him, what are those dreams? He can't, he won't even, he's like, I can't tell you, son. Mm. I've asked him several times, like, Dad, look, give me an example. Like, He's like, son, they're just so horrible. They're just so bad. It's just like I feel like Satan has just grabbed a hold of my mind, and I can't shake him. Mm. I mean, maybe that's an easy way for us to just place blame on. I mean, we're really good at that as humans, just finding something that's easy to, to 
point our finger at, but because I believe in Satan, I believe in the influence and temptations that he can throw away. But I'm, he's actually doing us a favor, too. I mean, I think, because he's allowing us to use our free agency. He's allowing us to make our own choices because how would we know pain if we didn't know health? You know, how would we know sadness if we didn't know happiness? Yeah. You know, it goes to that whole opposition in all things, and I believe in that. I believe in that. I think he's against everything that we are striving for to, to find that. But I don't blame him for it. Yeah. I don't like... He's helping me be a better person. <laughs> <laughs> if only he knew that. <laughs> You're talking about Satan, right? Yeah, he is. So if Satan's helping you become a better person, I don't know if I could believe that there's well, a Satan. Well... Why is that? So you don't believe in Satan? I don't saying? personally, okay. no. It's hard for... I, I can't figure it out. It you makes, believe in God? Yeah. But, but Satan doesn't make any sense to me. Because let, let's just take your dad, for instance. I've sat with your dad for 90 minutes and listened to his mind. And his only problem is that he believes his negative thoughts. But if he's willing to question his negative thoughts, which we did that day, and he shifted a little bit, those negative thoughts go away. But when you're not willing to question negative thoughts, the negative thoughts just pile and pile and pile and pile, like they did for me, I know from experience, until I just had to like, surrender and say, God, please send me something or someone or somehow that can assist me getting through this negative emotions that I dealt with for two years. So, but I couldn't say that it was Satan because I, if I put it on Satan, like I have zero, I, I can't take responsibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I want to be responsible for everything that happens in my life, good or bad, because I'm the creator of everything that I experience. Right. You know, so to put it on Satan or even to put it on God, it, it's hard for me to do because... You know, like you said, we were created in the image of God, so then what does that make me? Am I a God, or am I just Brandon, or am I just a regular human, or what am I? I'm not sure. You're a son of God. I'm just, yeah, a son of God, you know. But if I was created in His image, I, I would almost say we're twins. Yeah. But I know some religions would put God above everybody else, and I don't necessarily agree with that either. But that's a whole other discussion, right. but... But I'm just trying to figure out, like, here's your dad struggling with anxiety and depression. Is he possessed by Satan, or is he just believing his negative yeah. thoughts more than you and I do right. Yeah, today? I don't believe he thinks he's possessed by Satan. Yeah. And it's just as much as I would say, I, you know, I could go commit adultery tonight. And, right. Oh, Satan got the best of me. No, I don't, I don't no, look at that You just way. followed your thoughts. Right. And, and you, you know right from wrong, and right. you can pick A or B. Right. And that's what we do as humans. But I just think he has a, so. Satan has a role in influencing. I don't think he's um, the sole reason why people mm -hmm. do bad things. People just do bad things just because they're bad people. 
and because you know like we've been talking about that's the way they were brought up they were brought up and weren't taught um, certain principles or certain ethics that they, and they, maybe they don't think what they're doing is bad and honestly I think a lot of people like that they will you know the, when they're all said and done they'll be judged according to what they believe was truth and it may not align with what I believe is truth and they won't right. be held to the same standard that I feel like I'll be held accountable to because I believe you know there's a saying to too much is to whom much is given much is required I, I feel like there's certain people that were never given an opportunity to ha have a certain amount of knowledge. So they, I haven't, you know, our God isn't going to say, well, I said thou shalt not commit adultery, but your whole life you committed adultery. I think he's going to be very merciful. I think he's going to be very loving. I think even people who commit suicide, even though in our church, you know, we've, it's been mentioned, you know, uh, as one of those sins that's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, recently, you know, there's, there's things that our, our church, I feel, is, is a lot more open and they're getting more insight to things. And it's like, there's no way a loving, merciful God that we believe in will hold a person accountable to that. He will take into consideration what mental state that they were in, um, you know, and other things that played to, to you know, that, that were a, a big part of why they committed suicide. Instead, if it's like, it's not just black and white anymore. You commit suicide and you're going to hell. You know, it's like the God that I believe in is going to hmm. be very merciful Absolutely. to them. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. That's why I'm not sure hell exists. Yeah. I, I don't, well, so you define me to what <laughs> hell is. What, what's hell? Yeah. Believing in negative thought. Yeah. I think hell is a separation of anything good, yeah. anything that's uplifting. Hell to me would be separated from all the people that I love in this life. Yeah. If I went to the next life mm -hmm. and there was these different pathways and they said, well, you got to go down this one, and my family was going the other one, to me that's hell. Mm. And I think that's fundamentally what we do believe as uh, you know, LDS is mm. hell is a separation from God, separation from family. But how do you get there? If it exists, how do you get there? Where? Hell. Again, it's, it's, everyone's going to be judged differently. I could, say, I, I could say how I feel I would get there, and that would basically go against everything that I feel like I have received a personal witness is true, mm -hmm. going against that. I don't think I'd be held as accountable like 15 years ago because I don't feel... <laughs> no, I'm just being serious. I believe I don't you. feel that I was... I had been through the fiery furnace of my, my struggling with my faith. Yeah. I was just kind of going along, so I didn't really know. But once I started putting those principles into action and I received confirmation that, wow... This is actually helping my life. It's making me a better person all around. Now, if I was to deny that now, I feel like that would put me in jeopardy of being with God. Yeah. And I think that it would put me in a place that we call hell. Right. Not fire burning and people running around and the pitchfork Satan guy. So that's how I feel like I would get there. But isn't that a heavy thought? Yeah, it is. 
It feels heavy, and I don't like having heavy thoughts. But I believe in, don't we all believe in consequences in life? Or just, if we're just thinking about this life, don't we feel like there's a negative and a positive consequence to everything we do? So if I just take that analogy and I look at it at a, a more of an eternal perspective, I feel like, and if I truly believe that this earth was a, this, this life was a, 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 like a proving ground, you know, and to be tested and tried, to see what path, I, what decisions I was going to, was I going to choose more good or choose more bad based upon the knowledge that I had, then I'll be judged to that. Yeah. Maybe some people will feel comfortable not being in the presence of God, but they lived a good life. Maybe they will feel more comfortable living alone. Yeah. Like my dad liked driving the truck. Hell could be something totally different to some. Someone's hell could be someone's heaven. <laughs> Seriously, like some man's junk is some man's treasure. I agree 100%. So it's like, really, there's, in my mind, it's not heaven and hell. There is, we could talk, seriously, like Brandon, we could talk about this. All night. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And I respect what you believe in it, and yeah. I actually would like to understand more. Yeah. Um, it's a good discussion. Of, you know? But I think fundamentally, we're kind of saying the same thing in a sure. different way. Yeah. Yeah. Even people who don't believe in God, but that are good people. I always, what, I had an uncle, and then he, he, he was atheist. Sure. And I said, then why are you, good? what makes you be good? Mm -hmm. Like, what motivates you to be good then if you've never believed in, you know, like what the scriptures teach? Right. And he just said, because I just want to live the best life. And I just, even though I feel like there's nothing beyond this life, I, I get fulfillment from being good. Yeah. I believe that's a really good question. You asked him, and if you asked me the same question, I think it's natural to be a good, honest, kind, loving human being, because that's like our natural state of being as a human. So I personally don't think you need a textbook or yeah, lessons. That's where we disagree a little bit. Yeah, and that's where we'll disagree to be a good human yeah. because I don't read the scriptures. I've never read the Bible. I've read, never read the Book of Mormon. Right. But I do know what feels good. And what feels good is to be kind and loving and available to others, taking good care of myself and showing up when I'm asked or when I'm needed that feels better than anything on the world to me, to have a connection with right. another human being. That, to me, this right here, looking in your eyes, is as close as I get to heaven yeah. on earth. I get it. You're right. And I don't think I need a textbook to do that, but some people do, and that's okay, too. That's just my own experience. But I just know naturally we want to do the right thing. So that's why you, I would say your uncle, if he was an atheist, just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean you don't want to be a good human right. being because right. it's natural to be a good, kind, yeah. loving and human. And I knew that before I asked, yeah. asked the question. I'm sure. Um, but I, I just really wanted to get his, his. honest perspective. Yeah. You know, but just like you said, you don't need a book. Mm -hmm. You know, like a, a, like scriptures mm -hmm. to tell you how to be a good person, but don't you read books? All the time, yeah. And don't you feel like you have became a better person 
Absolutely. learn things from those books to help you in your life to be a better person? Absolutely. I mean, I think if you look at scriptures, I think if you look yeah. at the Bible and the Book of Mormon in yeah. that way, yeah. then that's why there's Christianity, yeah. you know, is because people feel like, not only feel, but they know that those things that they learn and those parables and those stories and the life of Christ and his disciples and the apostles, they feel like it's like the, the greatest self-help book, self yeah. book that they could read. I agree with so, that. So, you know, I think huh. um, that's really what it, fundamentally what it is to me. I just feel like that for me, the religion that I believe in and the, and the Book of Mormon and the Bible is like, brings out the best me. Yeah. And it's a wonderful Could I do it without? reference for you. Sure. Probably people do it all the time. Like I said, yeah. I meet people all the time that don't have any religion and they're just amazing people. Sure. Um, do I think they can, that it could add to anyone's life? I, I definitely think it could. I think that it could add to anyone's life. So that's why I'm always like, well, why are people so against it when it's something that could just potentially make their life better? So then it goes to, you know, it goes to something else. Yeah. It goes, there's, you know, like if you wanted to, we could flip it and I could get to the core sure. of why, what it is about religion yeah. that Brandon, that what happened in right. his past, bringing up what experience happened that turned him off. Was it a, you know, a self-righteous person? Was it, you know, people saying that they, you know, walk the walk but didn't talk the, or talk the talk but didn't walk the walk, you know? And so you right. see all those things. And then so it just, you know, were you offended by someone that yeah. they were supposed to be this good Mormon? You know what I mean? So sure. there's, yeah. there's yeah, things like that. Ways. We I can. agree, 100%. But like you said, you're living the best life that's the most fulfilling to you, and it doesn't include religion, but I feel you're a very spiritual guy. Um, and for me, because I kind of was on both sides, I was on the side where I didn't feel like I needed religion. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, if I was to look at my life, I felt like my life is better with it. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a better version of myself by far. I probably wouldn't even recognize the owl. I wouldn't even want to be around that owl because I was, you know, and then going where you feel like, I mean, you're very optimistic because I feel like the natural man is opposite of everything you said. I feel the natural man is selfish. I feel the natural man is prideful. I feel uh, the natural man, dude, this is, okay, I mean, if I didn't really believe in what, I believe. I think I would be a mess. I think I'd be a big, selfish mess. I don't think naturally I would want to, I don't think I would be out like committing crimes and stuff, but I don't think that I would really be seeking opportunities to serve people or to connect with them. I think I would just be in it for myself. Hmm. It's an interesting thought. I don't know. I, I, I would question, is that the religion that's shifted you, or did Al shift you yeah. into this position that you're in today? Well, you know, there's... Or a combination yeah. of both. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, and I went through this phase of Mormon guilt thing, you know, where I felt like when I wasn't going to church, I'm like, I felt guilty because I'm like, well, this wasn't how I was raised. Why am I not? You know, and I did things that were totally, um, that I, at least according to my religion, that were sins. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's, I think it's a combination. I don't know if I could really put it to one or the other. Hmm. But I just know, like, in my own mind, because, again, it's hard. I think you have to make a conscious effort to be positive. It's a daily exercise. It's a daily, it's a, there's a mental thought process that you have to go to through if you, um, to be good. Sure. You don't have to really do anything to be bad. <laughs> you don't even have to think about it. Just think about it. Your kids do something and you want to lose patience. Like in your mind, all of a sudden it's like, okay, how am I going to react to this? It's just, you know, it's happening in milliseconds, like speed it's of happening. light. And you're either respond in an impatient way or you respond in a very loving way. Yeah. See, it was very easy. My, and, and the natural man in me is easy just to be impatient. It's like, ah, oh, whatever, come on, I'm busy right now, get in my way. Yeah. But the person that I want to be and that I strive to be takes work. A lot of work. So for me, that's why I believe that the natural man is just the lazy man, the, the selfish man. That's yeah. what we were given. <laughs> that's what kind of we were put on this earth. And then again, we learn. Like, sure. we, what do we learn? But I think it's easier to be nice. Go on to Facebook, bro. Go read comments yeah. of friends that we went to high school with. And just people in your life, most of the stuff is negative. Go and watch this news channel. Everything's negative because it's easy to do that. It, it takes people, a special person that's went through a lot of negativity and went through a lot of crap in their life to be like, I don't want to be this person. I want to be someone that's happy, that contributes to other people's lives and make a difference. But it is hard freaking work yeah. to, for us to do that. Yeah. Yours is called the mind's gym. Why? Right. Because we got to go to the gym every day for our physical bodies to not have that dad bod and yep. have energy, and it's hard work. Yep. If it was, if we could take a pill, if I could offer you a pill right now with no side effects <laughs> and say, here you go, Brandon, <laughs> take this pill, and you will never have to work out again. Yeah. Would you be tempted to take uh, it? I'd, I'd consider it. And if someone offered me a pill said, Al, take this pill, You'll never have, have a negative thought again. Yeah. But that's the purpose of life to me, yeah. is to learn how to overcome that natural man. And that is where I feel like I get, I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose, mm -hmm. is overcoming that natural man. Like yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting better. Like yeah. every six months, I'm getting a little better. <laughs> It's, it's learning how to exercise the mind and whatever it takes for you to calm those negative thoughts, right? Yeah. So call it what do you do? Satan's influence. Call it yeah. the natural man. Yeah. I think I don't care. I don't care I, either. I, honestly, I think everyone, for the most part, is saying the same thing. You know, if they believe in a higher power and they don't want to call him God, they believe in whatever. Yeah. Buddha. Rastafari, you know, yep. it, it's, we're all kind of 
shooting at the same thing, just trying Absolutely. to have the best life possible yep. and make a positive impact on it. So however you get there, yeah. again, my God is going to judge us according to our hearts and judge us according to what we understand and what we did with what he gave us. Yeah. If you're Mormon, if you're atheist, if you're whatever. That's all I got to say about that. That's it. <laughs> so I'll ask you one question. After all that discussion, just a simple yes or a no, does, does hell exist? Yes. Yes? Cool. Yeah. So when you uh, arrive at the pearly gates, what do you want God to say when you get there? Um... What I want him to say or what I think he's going to say? What would you like him to say? Or what would you hope that he says when you get there? And I know you're going there because we all are. <laughs> I think I would want him to say what, I, what every child wants their parents to say. That I'm proud of you. Yeah. I want him to look me in the eyes and just tell me that he was proud of me. That he's proud of what I did with the gifts that he gave me. Um, that he's proud of the person that I am. Yeah, I don't... To me, I think... I mean, that's ultimately what I strive just with my parents here on Earth. I'm 46 years old, and what matters most is that they're proud of me. I'm always trying to make them proud. Yeah. It's like just in me. I think it's in everyone. We want people to, to feel like we're important, like we did something that, was, that mattered. So yeah, just grab me and embrace them and say I'm proud. Cool. Well done, you know. You did a good job. Yep. Do you, have you ever considered, that, like, do you have any thoughts on relationship between the mind and the body? Yes. Like, what's your mind or where's your mind? Or what is the mind? Um, I believe my mind is... My soul, my spirit. Spirit. Yeah. I believe that my body possesses a spirit that looks like my body. Yeah. Um, yeah. So can you, could you touch your mind or touch your spirit? What do you mean? Like physically? Yeah. I mean, I've had experiences in life where I've felt like an out-of-body experience, you know, where it was so spiritually uplifting that I, it was undeniable, like I, it was tangible. Yeah? Yeah, so I would say yeah. Kind of an out-of-body experience? Yeah. Sort of? I mean, not so much one of those where my spirit's up there looking down on my yeah. body, but mm -hmm. that I've, I've just felt that... See, and this is a whole other thing, because I feel like 
our spirits are kind of fighting our bodies to some, um, in some ways. Explain that in more detail. I feel like, because I feel like our spirits, well, because I believe that our spirits were created by God and put into our mortal bodies. And I believe our bodies were too, but I believe that, a, that kind of like a kid, I guess, kind of like a baby, if you think about a baby, where they're just kind of have to rely on everyone around them, you know? But then as they develop, they kind of, you know, learn the skills that they need to be a human. I believe that our spirits are like this pure form, like this pure intelligence. And in order to experience life and experience things like, you know, physical things like pain and love and laughter and like we had to be in a physical body. So I feel like my spirit is constantly fighting against my immortal body. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Probably not. I'm not explaining it very well. Yeah. So would you say you're, you're, so you're, you're saying that your spirit, your mind is basically your spirit? Yeah. Or soul or whatever you want to call it. Your soul? Yeah. Would you say that's what like runs your, runs you? Your yeah, mind or your spirit? Yeah. Definitely. So it's running you? Yeah. I mean, if, if I, I believe if my spirit would jump out right now, my body would fall yeah, to the ground. Fall to the ground. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, because I ask a question because it's, you think about your mind and, you know, you think about your spirit and, and what is it and, you know, like I always question, what's running you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, are you doing this? Are you over there playing with your hands right now, or was yeah. that just like a happening? Somebody bigger than you running you, or do you think you're over there playing with your hands? Well, I know I'm playing with my hands. But you didn't know it till I mentioned it. Oh, yeah, I could feel it. It was just happening. <laughs> yeah, it's happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you know, here I scratch my yeah. neck. Did I do that? Yeah. yeah. Or was my <laughs> mind or my spirit guiding me to do that? Yeah. I mean, I think like what would you take credit for as Al, and then what would your spirit or your mind take credit for? Or it's the mind and the spirit doing it all, and we're just the messenger. Hmm. You ever considered that? I mean, I think my, I think all the little, you know, me scratching my hand, you scratching your neck, or me going like this. I think. To me, if it's the spirit or the body or the mind, to me the spirit plays a much higher role. I think if I could, we could all look back in our life of, of things that have happened to where they're very significant, and I think it plays a role, like our spirit. Yeah, in little things too, because yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think the spirit is concerned about my fidgeting things. I've never really thought about it that way. I think my spirit is there for like the, the, you know, like when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, is today going to be a good day? <laughs> How's things going to go with my partners at work? How's things going to go with my relationship with my wife? I think that's when the spirit is really kicking in and I rely on my spirit to fight off the urges of my immortal 
you know, the natural man. We'll call my body the natural man. Because my natural man sometimes will just want to not do anything. Because yeah. it's easier. Yeah. But I don't get satisfaction from that natural man. Like, my life isn't fulfilling of the natural man. My definition of the natural man, because your definition yeah. Of yeah. More is, is more the that it's natural to just be good. Yeah. Yeah. And I maybe I, and maybe you're right. And I'm not saying you're right or I'm wrong or mm -mm. whatever, because I think it can be both. I, think, I do too. I think we do have a natural, um, inherent, divine drive in us to be good. But I'm, all I'm saying is easier. There's no work needs to go into being bad, yeah. to being selfish. Yeah. That comes naturally. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I guess, I guess I'm the only one in the world that being selfish comes naturally, that being impatient comes naturally. Uh, <laughs> Everyone else, it just comes are, natural to be good. Are you, are you ready for another thought? <laughs> yeah. I think every single thing that you do on this planet is selfish, or you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Even when you help others, kind of others, you do it for you. Because you know it's going to make, make you feel better in life. Right. Yeah. So I would respond to the natural man. It's selfish, but I call it self-care, but there's nothing we do on this planet that we don't want to do. Yeah. So when you can understand that everything you do, good or bad, you do for you, because you're the only one you got here, right? You yeah. got your wife, you got your kids, you got your mom and dad, brothers, sisters, whatever, siblings, family, grandma, grandpa, you know, church friends, gym yeah. friends, the bandmates. But at the end of the day, you do what you do for you. Yeah. You're right. I'm being selfish because I want to raise my kids the best way because I want us to all live in heaven together. Exactly. Yeah. All for who? For me. For you. Because I want them to be with yeah. me. Yeah. So as you saying the natural man's selfish, then every single human being yeah. on this planet is a natural man or a natural woman because yeah. everybody does whatever they do for them. Your dad lays in bed and doesn't leave the house for him. Your mom goes and stays busy and plays cards, hangs out with her friends, and does her thing for her. So we're all doing everything for us. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Yeah. There's pretty much nothing you do on this planet that you don't want to do. So Every once in a while, you're forced into a situation where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I guess it, I'll do it because it makes sense and I'm not going to piss off the neighbors or my band members or whoever it may be. You know, so if you break it all down, you're really doing everything for you anyway. Yeah. So might as well take good care of yourself. And I'd call it self-care and not be selfish. Because everything you're doing is for the benefit of what you believe would make you happy. You know what I mean? If your kids are successful and they're doing good in school, they're good musicians, and they lead, lead a successful life, you're kind of prepping them for all of that for you. So you, okay, so then this... Let me ask you a question. Sure. So do you think there's ever a scenario where selfishness is actually bad, like 
the negative way that we look at selfish, like where it doesn't even benefit you or it only benefits you and doesn't benefit others? That's a good question. It's hard for me to view anything now a days as negative. So even when I experience something I believe is terrible, let's say a bad business deal. Okay, I borrowed a human being a couple years ago a lot of money. Um, he didn't pay me back. I could have sued him, could have went to court, could have spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in attorney fees, but I just rolled on and said, <clears throat> lesson learned, right? Some people might say that this guy's selfish, he's a narcissist, he's dishonest, he's a liar, he's crooked, he's blah, blah, blah. And trust me, I had all those thoughts about him. But when you break it all down, I knew when I gave him money it was risky. So I made it. That was my choice. And he showed me the pot the gold at the end of the rainbow, which I believed. And so I bought his story. So whose fault is it I didn't get paid? His or mine? Mine. Right? Yeah. I wrote the check. And I wasn't 100% in, and I still wrote the check all for greed so I could make more money. But I would almost say I don't... I have a hard time finding anything as negative or wrong. And you could take it as far down deep the path as you wanted. Okay, I won't go down too deep. Let's yeah. just say, okay, I have a collection of video games. To this day, yep. I buy video games. I don't ever play them. They're still in their wrappers. My son, <laughs> it bugs the heck out. He's like, Dad, I want to, why? Let's play video games. It's your collection, man. So what if I just decided tomorrow morning, like, eh, I'm not going to go into work today. I'm actually, I think I'm done with the piano guys. Yeah. I'm going to just go downstairs and I'm going to start playing those video games. Yeah. And I went down there for eight hours a day because mm -hmm. people do it. Sure. Every day. Happens a lot in this and day. And I just played video games. And when dinner was ready, I came up and I ate. And I said, hey, what's going on? And <laughs> cool, yummy dinner. Mm -hmm. Went back downstairs. <laughs> the wee hours of the morning, 3, 4 a.m., played video games, then snuck into bed when my family was asleep and repeated that. Yep. Do you view that as selfish? Do I view or that as selfish? do you view selfish? that as self-care? I view that as doing what believe, I, be, I view that as not a problem, for one. Um, do I want to do that? No. You don't look at, you view that not as a problem? Well, I'm just saying I know it's for their benefit in somehow. Somehow that's going to get that human being to a better place. So you don't think it... I mean, to some people, it's a sustainable life. Yeah, some people can make money, right? Right. You can become a professional video game yeah. player. But to some, they're not even professional gamers, and they're yeah. just addicted to gaming. They're addicted and to gaming. And they don't have any of this. Right. Eye to eye, personal... They, they yeah. have friends in China that they've never met that they text message. Right, yeah. No, I agree 100%. What I've learned, and this is a big thing of, of Byron Katie, she says it all the time, is if I ever argue with reality, I lose every time. So I'm, if I'm upset that this human being is on their video 
game or TV all day, 24 Mm seven, and it bothers me, I'm arguing with reality. Yeah. And that causes me pain. So another instance, my daughters are on their phones often, right? It's, it's the thing now a days. Yeah. Okay. Um, does it bother me? Yes. Have I discussed it with them and brought it up? Yes. And I've talked with my wife about it, but there's been no change. There's no less time on their phones. But I do also understand that those phones are going to probably one day blow up their world in a beneficial way to where they're going to find themselves like I did. But it took me till 43. I'm thinking kids nowadays. I'm seeing anxiety, major anxiety in young kids. I met with an eight-year-old little girl. I didn't even know what anxiety was till I was 36. I had it probably most of my life, but I didn't know the definition of it. I just dealt with having to hurry and get things done and worrying, worrying, and worrying, but I thought that was normal. So eight-year-olds, I've dealt with 14, 12-year-olds, all sorts of kids. You're seeing tons of suicide with teenage kids nowadays because their world is blowing up so quickly because of their phones, and somebody says something on their phone that ruins their day or ruins their world. They get made fun of. They're not in the in-group, and then they do what they do. But I believe the sooner you crash in life, the better your yeah. life's going to be. Well, for sure. So I wish I would have crashed at 20 or 25 or 30 instead of 43, but that wasn't the plan yeah. for me. Mine was 43, right? Blew up and had a nervous breakdown, if you want to call it, at 43, right? My mom had one at 40, just following in her footsteps. Yeah. I was just three years behind my mom, oh. right? Because we do what our parents do. So it's hard for me to find like anything that's terrible because I all somehow it's 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 they're finding themselves in their addiction, you know. I had plenty of addictions growing up, you know. I drank a lot as a kid. I gambled a lot, um, all sorts of addictions. But those addictions are necessary to yeah grind you to the core to where you finally surrender right. and say, "Man, I can't do this another day." So that's where it's hard for me to. You know, just my mindset, I look at everybody and I, I, I do my best to not see a problem. But most of the world views negative events as a problem. I see negative events as opportunities for growth. Yeah. And it feels good to see it that way because it's less painful. You know? And I think for me, as a parent, um, I totally agree. Like our kids need to go through those on their own. I think we too much want to um, take that all away from them. I see that way too much. And I've seen that in myself to where it's like, oh, we need to be there for them for everything and so they don't have to experience what we experience. Like, I don't agree with that at all. Like, I don't subscribe to that at all. It's like, oh, I want to give my kids a better life so they don't have to go through what I went through. Um, Do I want them to have... Do I want to teach them or help them understand things or realize things or give them the tools so they have the least painful life? Or, or let's say this, the knowledge and the ability to overcome the negative things. I don't want to take away the negative things, but I do want to give them every opportunity that I can while I have them in my home, the tools 
so that when that adversary comes, when that negativity comes, when those issues come, that they can do it in the least painful way. Does that make sense? Like, so I'm not taking, I don't want to take away the situations, no. but I want, I wish I could, um, you know, I agree. I mean, I went through the things that I went through, you went through things you did too, and you learn and you grew. Um, but I definitely feel like that I could have maybe avoided a lot of grief. I could have handled situations way much better that caused me so much pain if I would have um, known a few things. Sure. And I would say you couldn't have done it any different than you did because then you'd be arguing with reality. Yeah. So everything that happened to you was right on time and perfect Yeah. other than what you're thinking and believing, Right. So then if you're arguing with your past, you're going to cause yourself some depression. Yeah. Just FYI. But how do you teach your kids without getting in their way and snow plowing this beautiful life for them? How do you teach them to manage their obstacles that show up for them and their hurdles? Well, it's like, like what I said, you, you give them, you share your experiences with them. You give them all the tools, but I think there's a point where you just have to have trust in their ability to make their decisions on their own and to make the right ones, and that's all you can do. I would say the best way to teach your kids how to handle all that stuff is to let them be. Yeah. Truthfully. Everything that shows up in their life that's negative, it's necessary for their growth, man. It's part of it. you got to have that stuff. But I don't feel like my kid needs to go and get drunk. No, I'm not saying he does either. That alcohol is not good for you. I agree 100%. I'm just saying whatever shows up in his life for him and whatever yeah. choices he makes, those are all going to be necessary for his spiritual growth. Yeah. And if he chooses alcohol, great. If he chooses a buddy that upsets him and lies to him and is dishonest and steals his videotapes, then that's an obstacle that he's got to learn how to deal with humans that are dishonest because dishonest humans yeah. exist on this planet. It's part of the game here, right? right? And that's why I believe, like I said earlier, you said, where do I, how do I define success is what happens in my home. Yeah. Because I think that's, yeah, they're going to learn it everywhere, um, but I feel that my biggest... Um, obligation and I'm willingly I want to do it I mean I, yeah. obligation seems like I'm you have to do this but I feel like it's my biggest role as a parent to teach them how when those things come mm -hmm. when because you know it's like I talk to my son about pornography you know before it was like don't ever look at it you never want to just run the other way I'm like, dude, you're going to see it. Yeah. You know what? It's going to happen. And so when you do, you know, this is how it could affect your mind. This is how it affected my mind when I seen it. Yeah. And so let's talk about it. And instead of it being like, man, I cannot believe I'm going to shame you and make you yeah. feel like you just did the most terrible thing. I'm going to be like, well, now it's just like a computer, you know, in, in a way we're just going to reboot and restart it and we'll try again. Sure. And guess what? It's going to happen again. Yeah. So those are the kind of things I, I think about. I think we can, as parents, we can influence them in a way to where 
yeah, they're still going to face those problems, but they're going to be better at it because we were able to talk about it. It's like the way yeah, we were able sure. to talk about it. Because we didn't talk about things like that growing up when I was a kid. We didn't. We, like, I never had these kind of conversations with my parents. It's to this day. Sure. That's why your mom and dad haven't talked to each other in right. 40 years. So I feel like my kids, not because I'm a better parent, but because at one point, I don't know when or why, but I just made a conscious decision, Rachel and I, that we were going to break that mold because she grew up the same generation that I did. You know, we were just going to be almost too open with them. I don't think you can be too open, I mean, you know, but we, we are. Yeah. And I think it's been to their benefit. And I think... Even to, to where Holland is right now, I look at him, I'm like, man, you, no, not because I'm taking credit for it, but he is just so much more grounded. He's, he has such a better perspective. Uh, he's not as naive. He kind of is more aware of mm -hmm. himself and people because I feel like mm -hmm. that society in a whole is more open about things. Yeah, it's just sure. in your face, man. So it's either you run from it or you just jump in and you start swimming in, in the ocean. Yeah. The world's out there. Yeah. Especially with cell phones. Yeah. So to like try to, yeah, the worst thing you could do is try to keep them away from all that. Yeah. Because they're going to see it. Because then that's when I think you're doing them the biggest disservice of all. You feel like you're mm -hmm. protecting them. Mm -hmm. But at some point they're going to be on their own and then what? Sure. They're going to turn to things that probably aren't the best for them, yeah. like video games. Yeah. This podcast was sponsored by Atari. <laughs> Hope you guys just, you know, click down below. There's a 20% coupon for the uh, game pack, all the favorites, Joust, Cubert, yep. Dig Dug. Yep. Frogger. <laughs> right? Get them now. Uh, Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, Donkey Kong, that's right. Coleco. <laughs> Also Dang. sponsored by Coleco. Centipede, Asteroids, can't remember, Galactica, Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Was it Galactica or is it, yeah. what's the G one? Galactica. Yeah, Galactica. Space Invaders. Space Invaders. Pac-Man. We're old, bro. I know, huh? Actually, we're young. Yeah, I feel good. Here's a thought as I ask about that. I'm going to ask you a little bit about the ego, but uh, notice um, <clears throat> your mind. Let's just say your mind, okay? Yeah. Kind of what, whatever we just... Uh, define the mind as just whatever helps us process and fill and see and create information. Why does your mind never feel old? Hmm. Ever thought of that? Yeah, huh? You always put it on our body. It's always I feel old because yeah. my knee is going out. Yeah. But notice your mind yeah. has never felt a. I can't remember a day where my mind ever felt old. I think just like when we put, I just, you know, our, our bodies manifest themselves by the way we treat it, by what we put into it. I think our mind, um, age is determined on what we put into it spiritually and what good things we put into it. And I think, like you said, for the most part, people in their mind, they want to feed it with good things, even if they don't know how. I think that's the struggle we're trying to, and so our mind... Uh, you know, like food is to our body, good thoughts and good acts feed our spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of odd to think about, isn't it? Yeah. 
Why does your mind never age? I could say maybe when I was severely depressed and anxious and struggled to get out of bed, I think I felt yeah. like my mind was going crazy, but I don't remember thinking it was old, so maybe I could consider that as an old mind. Confused mind yeah. feels old. Yeah, I think there's times where your mind isn't as clear. I yeah. think like my, definitely my dad, you know, he's like, son, I just count one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and I don't know why, I just can't stop, it's just one, two, three, four. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. I think if you ask him if he feels old, he would feel like his mind is old and his body is feeling old. You know, yeah. so physically he feels like it's falling apart, and I think he thinks he's losing his mind. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think for the most part, people's bodies go before their minds. Yeah. You know. Well, that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So if your mind is your spirit and your body dies and your mind keeps going, like your your mind never ages. Yeah. Right? And then when you die, it just keeps going, yeah. depending on your belief system. Yeah. But, and where was your mind before you got here? Or your spirit before you got here? Did it feel aged before you were born, before you became an owl? No. I, don't, I think time, I think age, I think all that is just something that we as mankind have to, we've created yeah. Because we don't, that's our minds are, are simple. We need something to, to understand this whole thing. And so I think time, I don't think eternity, I don't think whatever, you know, the pre-mortal life or what's, where we're going after this, I don't think there's like age attached to it or time. I think that's something man-made. That is a man-made thing. Time, age, because I like yeah, the mind is limitless. It's ageless. It's immortal. So here's a question: Were you ever born physically? I think I had a. I think I had a physical birth. But are you your body, or are you your mind? And like your spirit. My, Who, who's you? Who's Al? Yeah, my 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 mind, my spirit is Al. Okay, so was that ever born? I think, and this is something where you think about it and my mind can't, I think we're, we're in an intelligence that always were, like we always existed. Like I believe, and this is where you just can't even, you, you start thinking about it, your mind will just go crazy, right? Like your physical mortal mind, not your spiritual mind. But like I think that there was no beginning like, always, like God always existed. Like our intelligence, our intelligence always existed. Like there, it is something that we just cannot comprehend with the mortal mind. Mm -hmm. It is something I feel that one day, our mind, our spirit will be open, uh, and we'll understand those things. I don't think it's important for me to know those things right now because it doesn't change who I am. Like thinking about those things is fun and just the, the, the possibilities, but it doesn't change. It's not one of those questions where like, I, I need to know because if I, if I knew the answer, it's going to change my path in life. It's not one yeah. of those kind of questions. It's one of those kind of questions just like, whoa, blows my mind and I'm hungry right now. Yeah. And I go eat. Yeah. <laughs> so were you born and do you die? That was my next question. Depending on what you Yeah, the is. physical body. 
yeah. goes down. But here again, are you your physical body? No. no. So do you? So do you die? Are you born and? I think there's die? a separation. Let's let's just call it a separation of the yeah. body and the spirit. So the body dies, but the mind and the spirit. Well, I guess it never doesn't. Born and never. Die. Well, it doesn't really die because it never really exists without the spirit. I guess. So I, I just. I just, we call it death again because that's what we need to, that's how we understand it as humans. I think things, if we were to look through them, the eyes that our creator intended to them, we would see everything in a much different light. And I think we have glimpses of that through life where we, we uh, like, you know, if you want to call it an epiphany, call it a revelation, call it inspiration, call it creativity. I think we have glimpses of those things where we get insights of like, oh. But again, it's that natural man. So I think... That natural man's a stud, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. I'm, you know what I mean? So I think there's just that separation. Yeah. I definitely believe there's a separation. When I die, I believe my soul, my spirit leaves my body. And until, you know, that's why there's people that clinically they're dead, but their spirit hasn't left them yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. But there's that moment where it's just like, okay, yeah, it's because we took them off life support, right? Well, it's, I think it's, I believe it, that's when it was just, that's when the soul or the spirit left them and hmm. their body couldn't exist. I had a thought when you brought your dad up earlier. I was going to share something. I noted down, but you said that he has crazy negative dreams, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I, I believe that we imagine a lot of stuff, like our day, like we kind of create our day, we imagine or we dream it up or we kind of produce our daily life. Right. And I think when you have scary dreams all day long or you're believing all your negative thoughts and then you go to bed, the mind doesn't sleep. It keeps rolling. Oh, yeah. And so his negative dreams are just a follow-through of his negative nightmares that he was having in the daytime. And then you close your eyes and you go to sleep. Well, the mind keeps going because... When you close your eyes and you're dreaming, something's producing those dreams, mm -hmm. which I believe is the mind or the spirit. And so mm -hmm. whatever kind of day you have, you'll notice if you have thoughts in the day and you sleep, you'll have worrisome dreams about those right. thoughts. Or you'll have a really, you know, a, a beautiful dream or about the daily thoughts. Or some random dreams. Or some randoms. Yeah, yeah. But the mind doesn't stop. So if your dad could solve his daily day. yeah. negative thoughts, then I believe... Your, your night dreams shift. They become dreams instead of nightmares. So, nice. so just a thought you could run by him if he's willing he to sit and do some work. He said, he, I mean, he doesn't have a good amazed. night's rest for Yeah, because he has years. major anxiety and depression and, and he's worried all night long. How do you sleep when you're worried and you're anxious? And I talk to people all the time. What time you go to bed? Oh, 12. What time do you get up? 3. I'm like, what? See, but the yeah, thing is, sleep. he has nothing to be worried about. Yeah, he does. What? His negative thoughts. I know, but I mean as far as like his life. I know that's his reality and you can't argue against what his reality is, but I mean, on the outside looking in, I'm like, Dad, 
you have nothing to be worried about. Right. If, I think he has guilt. I think there's guilt associated to not being home a lot as a dad. Um, and that the relationship with my mom is just difficult and not the best and blissful sure. and puppies and ice cream, which, you know. Um, there's a lot of guilt there, bro. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt there. There's a lot of guilt and shame. That's why you have anxiety and depression. It's usually where it all starts. You're guilty about something, and that causes your addiction and your behavior. But then we try to point all out to him. stems from guilt. We're like, look, look how we turned out. We all turned out great. We don't hate you. Mm-hmm. We love you. We know why you did what you did, and we don't mm-hmm. blame you for it. Yeah, it would have been nice if you were around, but... I really can honestly look him in the eye and look you in the eye and say that I don't feel like he ruined my childhood or ruined my life in a negative way because he wasn't there. It affected me, and I had a choice. I think there was a point where it was like, do I want that kind of life for my kids? And to some degree, they kind of do, because when I'm gone, I'm gone, but, you know. Yeah. It's hard to get somebody to believe what they're believing. Yeah. Get somebody not to believe what they're believing when they're believing it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The only way I know how is literally is to say, hey, Dad, what are you guilty about? What are you stressed about? Let's go back and question it and find out what actually you thought happened. Didn't. Now the negative thought, gone. Yeah, he needs to open up. He needs to be open up about that. I'm telling you, it, it, it would take three or four visits, bro. Well, and that dude would be out. You know, I'm his down RV. for it, but he's right. a he's got to be stubborn a, Dutchman. Well, I mean, you remember when we farted that first session? He was looking at his yeah. clock. He's like, when you said 90 minutes, <laughs> he's like, when he you had even a panic dude? attack right then and there. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I saw that dude crack. Oh, I know he, he did. cracked, without a doubt. Even his last statement. Well, I think, what are you gonna do? Or you know, and he just brought up himself. I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm like what? And he did really good at that. I think house. he's actually still doing That's one thing that he's still doing. So that's, He's that's, not doing it every day. It doesn't matter. But he realizes when he does that. Baby steps. Yeah. That's all it takes is one of those, and then you do another one and another one, and all of a sudden it goes from baby steps to you're running. Like literally, you go from baby step into you're, you're, you're on your way to a marathon. Just two or three of them completely opens up your whole world. But well, I'll go talk to him again. We'll see whenever he's ready. So we're going to be here a while, bro. What about the, what do, you, what do you believe about how the ego plays into all of this? We're talking about mind, body, spirit, death, birth. Where does the ego play into all this? And what is an ego? Selfishness. <laughs> the natural man. <laughs> you keep going back to that, bro. Ego. Okay, well, let's just focus on ego. I yeah. won't go back to the natural man. That's okay. all right. So what, what about it? I mean, yeah, I, everyone has one. But, but, but what is it? Well, how would you describe the ego? And, and, An ego and is where a desi- do you live from? Does the ego run you, or are you running your ego? I think an ego is the desire or the need to always feel right. Feel right. Yeah. When my ego, when I feel like my ego has gotten in the way, let's say in the piano guys, Mm -hmm. 
And let's say I work really hard on a song, and I sent them a, a, a draft to listen to, and I felt like it was pretty much 100% there, you know. And let's say one of them comes back to me and says, oh, what is that sound going on there? I just I don't know what it is. Um, it's kind of annoying, or maybe it just needs to be turned down, or it is gone, and that's when my ego would show up and say, well, you're an idiot. You weren't in the studio with me. You didn't write the song. That sound is in there because it, it's, it's more to be felt than heard, and who are you to offer me a suggestion, even though I sent this to you asking you know, for feedback? So I think that's my ego, is because I just want to be right, and I want them to just say, awesome, and not, even though I'm asking for opinion, I really don't want it. I'm just pretending like I want it, just to be nice and play nice and feel like that they have a voice, but at the end of the day, I really don't care to hear their voice because I'm, I know I'm good at what I do, and who are they to tell me that I need to turn something down or turn something up or... You know what I mean? So I think that's what my ego is. Mm. Just always wants to be right. Mm. Has to be right. Like it just it's a natural man. <laughs> and, and you should call this episode Al with Al, the natural man. Al is a natural man. Hmm? Al is a natural yeah. man. Yeah, man. We both got beards. Good man. We're rocking them on. That's what a natural man is to me, a good man. Here again, we got yeah. different definitions, but that's where words confuse too. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast too. Is how confusing words can be, because right. you can say natural man and I can say natural man, and we both put a different meaning on yeah. it. Yeah, that crazy. Yeah, that's why it's so hard for you to sit with your partners, your band members, the piano guys, and <coughs> communicate, because you all put different language on every single sentence or paragraph yeah. that's spoken. You can't ever be on the same page. It's and impossible. we all have egos. And you all have egos. <laughs> so how do you communicate? Much better than we did eight years yeah. ago. That's what I'm, well, I just mean yeah. in general, how right. do humans communicate? Yeah. You know, we all have different terms for the same word. So how in the heck are we supposed to get along on this planet? That's right. why we struggle to get along with our spouse at times, our kids, our co-workers, brothers, parents, whatever it may be, because we say something, we take offense to it, you know. Words only mean, mean what we put on them. Yep. And I put on natural man something completely different than you put on natural man. So then it's hard for you and I to have the same conversation, not hard. Yeah. Because we're both open yeah, to each right. other's suggestions. And fundamentally, but, I think you know, we're saying the same things, just in a different way. We, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So anyways, and then, uh, you know, the ego. I think I could go on and on about the ego, but I think the ego is the one that, that brings up the negative thoughts, too, that, mm -hmm. you know, like, like your dad right. suffering from, you know, he's believing his negative thoughts. I think that's the ego driving him, driving him right into the dirt. And eventually he'll decide to question those negative thoughts, but it's all the ego, ego knows how to do to, to show him where, it's, where he's out of balance and show him his insecurities and his guilt and his shame that he's you know, like, hey, 
John, please deal with this, buddy. You deal with this and mean you can be happy and we'll be out in the motorhome going on our way to Disneyland mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. it may be. So I think the ego is really good at creating crazy, scary stories just to show us where our mind can be off. And it likes to play tricks. I think that's part of what the ego does. Um, anything in life that, that you've failed at? I know this is a trick question. <laughs> when you look back on your life, is there any like significant thing that you can find in your life that you, where you think you failed? No. And that may surprise you that I said no. But it's because I feel like Everything that could be looked at as a failure is what is where I'm at right now. And so I look, I, I, I think, for example, my ex-wife and her parents were straight up racist. I mean, there's no way they were straight up racist. And how they said because of how I was brown that I would never amount to anything. I wouldn't be able to ever provide for their daughter. I wouldn't be able to give her a life that they felt like that she deserved. And how I was, I, it got to me so bad that I had no confidence, I didn't have any self-worth. I was just like, my own family didn't even recognize me. I mean, I was just this person they couldn't even recognize. Um, and I look back on it now, and there was a little bit of time where I blamed them and I had hate but like I just let go of it and I looked at it like in a positive way. At that, that trial, and I believe it was a trial in my life, that crushed me to my low, a low, low point in my life that now I can look back on it and I'm grateful. And I could say, yeah, I failed at that marriage, I failed at making that her happy, but man, I look at my wife now and I look at like my relationship with her and my relationship with her parents and I'm like, thank you. Like I want to go back to her and say, like to her racist mother and father and say, thanks, you. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And now as a parent, I can actually empathize with what you went through because you just wanted the best for your daughter. Mm-hmm. And I hated you for it and I couldn't believe it. And maybe racist isn't the right way to even say it, but that's what I felt. Yeah. But now I can honestly say I'm a parent now, and I would definitely, when my daughter starts dating guys, and it won't be because of their color, I'll tell you that, but it will (laughs) because of how they treat her and how they make her feel. Sure. Unfortunately, you didn't really give me that opportunity. Um, Yeah, so I don't really think I've failed at anything in life. That's a great answer. I love how you pulled all that and put it all together and you can see it now from the yeah. rearview mirror. That's what I did with your dad the other day on mm-hmm. these worksheets. That's what you figure out yeah. with a problem in about an hour. Yeah. Where it took you probably years to get to the bottom of that. Oh right? yeah, it took me a long time. So so when that event takes place and you're furious, you ready to deal with yeah. it a week, two weeks, a month later, you'd found exactly what yeah. you just mentioned. And look 
how beautiful yeah. and wonderful your life turned out because right. you went through a divorce. The parents didn't treat you the way you thought they had to treat you. It was it was it was how you knew to shift yeah, and that you wanted for better. Sure. You know, so were they doing anything wrong? No, they were concerned for their daughter. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, they were probably more concerned for you because they wanted you to have a better life. Yeah. But, but, but that's maybe not how you'd even right. look at that. They were actually taking care of you yeah. by being racist. <laughs> well, that's a different way of looking at it. Look where you are. Yeah. Look at this seat. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if they were thinking that. You but can't know. I can look back on and say, yeah, maybe I could see how that could work, but yeah. I think everybody, even, even in their negativity, if you want to call it that, is pushing humans always to a better place. Yeah. So, like you say, maybe they knew, maybe they didn't, but subconsciously I think we do a lot of things to other human beings that are necessary to help them figure out their place on this planet. Yeah. You know, they pushed you to an amazing place. I mean, you got a beautiful wife. Yeah. Hey, if that was their kids. role in life, then... They yeah. succeeded. Yeah. I mean, worked I out for hope, you. I just hope they're not. Didn't it? Hope they let go of some of that bigotry. <laughs> hey, and maybe they have. Yeah. Right? And all you can do to learn for them is not be a bigot. Yeah. That's where you learn to do the same or do different. Right? Right. Yep. You know? And when your kids show up with a dude that doesn't quite fit the mold, Fit your mold. Yeah. Aren't you being racist in that moment? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I know racist isn't just on color. Yeah. Um, so, so we never know what's best for our kids. Sometimes a negative kid's going to be necessary for our children. Yeah. To push them to a better place. Just a different way to look at the world, right? Um, We're going long here, Al. We're going to be here till 3 in the morning as much as we're talking. <laughs> what? See, uh, you yeah. know what you're getting yourself into. My, my computer's probably going to run out. Yeah, of we're going to run out of battery, things. juice. Lights are going to start <laughs> shutting down. Hey, I, you know what? When I have good, good conversation you going know, on. Do you want to chat more? Because i got a few more questions. Yeah, I mean, you can, we can do a couple more. Okay. Yeah. Let me know if we're getting heavy here and we could do no. uh, episode 2. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to want to listen to this. You, you might have to chop this up into... We are going to have to chop this. Because I think we're on a two hours and 45 minute mark yeah. there. Yeah, we're going to have to chop it in half. By the way, listeners, um, I wanted to say this earlier. Uh, I've got some feedback that my voice is too uh, quiet. But I'm a mellow, calm dude, and I don't speak loudly. I'm a pretty laid-back guy. So we're working on the audio to improve that for all the listeners out there. I've got lots of feedback that I need to it's speak actually up. Actually, it looks so good right now. I'm looking at the, the wave files. We're, and, we're working on and it. And you know what? I, I, the thing is, I think it's, it may not even be a volume thing. It may be more of the energy yeah. behind your voice. Yeah. And as we've been talking, I've, You're watching it. I've been feeling, but not only watching it, but I just feel like, you know, when you feel like you're engaged more, you know, I mean, because you're talking to me, bro. Of course, sure. you're going to be more engaged. You know? Of course. The elevation of your enthusiasm lifts your voice, which then lifts the decibels, which yeah. in turn is going to make you louder. Yeah, yeah. 
I agree. When you're passionate, you can cut all that part out. Your, your voice changes. You're gonna have to edit this, bro. It. I'm not. I'm gonna export this and give it to you, and you take it. And you're gonna have to listen. I don't. I'm not gonna listen to this again. Hey, the Minds Gym <laughs> podcast is raw and yeah. unedited. Well, I don't know, man. You might be losing. See, that's where I need to give you some tips. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give you some tips off record after this of how okay. you're gonna need to be doing it. Perfect. <clears throat> I appreciate that. <laughs> Al's like the audio expert. He's going to change our whole life. That's here right. Audio. Yeah. Hopefully soon we'll have some music to start. Nice little intro and yeah. some music to go out. If Al's uh, kind enough to assist me with that, because I'll make you a jingle. I'd love it. It'd be awesome. Brandon Bickmore, the Minds Gym coming your way. Perfect. See. Now I know why I interviewed you today, Al. <laughs> Just so I could get a solid intro. Yeah. Solid. Yeah, that was a good one. Here's a good question. Is there anybody currently on the planet that stresses you out a whole bunch? That stresses me out. Nope. You know I do. I stress me out. I know, but you don't count. I oh. already know that. That's a given. I know, but I mean, we're really. All, we're all our biggest critic and our yeah, biggest Yeah, there's no enemy. one that... Really? No one's driving you crazy. And my control is driving me crazy. No. Nope. Nobody? Nope. Sir, I'm the only one who drives me crazy. Is there anybody on the planet that has driven you crazy in the past? Heavily. Um yeah, I've allowed them to, yeah. I've allowed people I've I've they've been the easy they've been the easy target to say you're the one stressing me out, but I think really it's just I just haven't been had the capacity to to deal with it. You don't want to mention anybody's name on the podcast, right? No, I mean because they're really. I mean, yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's all good. See, I just saved us fifty minutes by giving you that answer. You did actually. You <laughs> <saved us a laughs> lot. I got the shortcut version. <laughs> Ten minutes, five. But do you want minutes. me to no situation I got, because I, I got mean, a better one. I got okay. another question. Okay. I'm not done. I'll keep going. Um, how's how's your uh, how would you rate yourself as far as Earth School goes? What's your grade on Earth, Earth School? Earth School. How are you doing here? Please. Oh, okay. Earth School. Out of one of ten. Yeah, I think we're all sent here to kind of come down here and learn about ourselves. Yep. Grow, have some struggles, obstacles, battles, hurdles we got to get over. How are you presently doing at Earth School? I think I am improving incrementally on a, on a, I don't believe, I either believe you're one of two things. You're either progressing or you're digressing. I don't believe in stagnancy. So I think that I am consistently improving. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. I don't know if we ever get there. No, I don't think we'll ever get there in, in this mortal life. Yes. So, yeah, I think so, I'm improving. So what letter grade would you give yourself? As the Germans would say, I am above average. Above <clears> average. <throat> I like it. <laughs> That's what a German said after one of our concerts. Oh, really? You above know, average. we felt it was one of the best shows of our lives in uh meet someone afterwards like so what do you think you know first time in Germany they're like well it, is, it was above average 
Wow. You know, and you could take that, you know, really, that's not a, really a compliment. But, you know, as I looked at it, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to subscribe to that. And then my life is above average. Like, I am improving. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm above average person. Yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. Here again, it's all in what you put in the meaning of those yeah. words, right? Yeah, above average could be amazing. Right. But we, immediately when I heard it at that yeah. time, I took it as they hated it. It was negative. Above yeah. average, that is, whoa. Whoa, what do we do What do they really feel, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Cool. <clears throat> What's, uh, what are you really passionate about today? Anything that you just love to do? What's your favorite thing to do on this planet outside oh, of music business? Family. I mean, it's all family. Family? Oh, man. Anytime I could just hang out with them. Oh, I just love it. Like, I feel like, that again, that's heaven. Yeah. Like, I feel like heaven will be not much different than what I feel when I'm with my family. Cool. So to be separated from that, that is hell. That's hell. That is hell. <laughs> so you do think hell exists. Yeah. Oh, I've told you that. Or I never denied it. <laughs> You kind of talked your way out of it as we well, were talking. Well, no, I said that hell could be interpreted differently for yeah. everyone. It could Absolutely. be a state of mind, or it could be a separation yes. from God. And you did say it does exist, because yeah. you gave me the definite yes. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, to me, that is the thing I'm most passionate about. Family time. Yeah, and I, and I know that because I didn't used to feel that way. Hmm. To me, before... I was most passionate about trying to be successful yeah. at music, chasing that. Yeah. So you kind of got to have that, uh, I guess, go through that stage of feeling, you know, because everyone's going to feel different. You can ask someone on the street, what are you most passionate about? And you'll be like, you know, even though if they have family, they'll say, my job. And you'd be like, whoa, crazy to think that. But I used to think that. Yeah. I have friends that still think that. And they got lots of kids. But yeah. to them, they're most passionate about work. And they feel like their only responsibility is to provide the temporal things for their kids. And that's their role. Yeah. And then they go play golf for the weekend with their buds. Yeah. I'm not judging them. But that's, and that's how they roll. Yeah. But to me, family. Cool. I love it. I love hanging out with. And good friends. And, and family doesn't mean my immediate family. Yeah. I think like humans. Yeah, we're family. Yeah. I feel we're like all family. family. Yeah. I agree. I have neighbors that are just love hanging out with them. Man, just love it. Yeah, I love humans too. Hanging out with humans is I love one of my favorite passions. I love my dog. Yeah. I'm an animal lover. I love nature. I'm very passionate about nature. When you can yeah. combine, now when you can combine nature, music, family, whoo, that now is like. You're, now you're talking. That's the kind of heaven that yeah. I'm looking for that's for eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Uh, what's your favorite movie and why? <laughs> uh, well, it depends on what emotion I'm trying to invoke. If it's humor, if it's. Sad if it's love, but I'll just say this: I watched this is really good movie. It's called War Room. You ever heard of it? Um, and it's basically about the power of prayer. 
about the power of communicating with God. And essentially realizing that we don't need to take on all of life's burden on our own and that we can take it to Him and He's not just going to take it away by any means. But I think He's going to give us the ability, the capacity to deal with each other, to deal with life. And so it's just this really awesome movie. It's basically about this, you know, husband and wife relationship and just, it's just you know, the not getting along, the selfish, the ego, all that coming in. Just, you just, it's hopeless. And then the wife learns from, I think it's her grandma. She goes into her closet and just sees all these things that are... Um, you should watch this movie. I think you can, you'd can. love it. I think somebody's told me to watch it Yeah. as you're explaining it to me. She just has all these things taped up on the walls, people's names, you know, situations that, uh, where she needs to forgive them and just, oh, just basically life, everything we deal with life. And instead of just beating herself up over it and growing hate and poisoning herself, she prays for them in a loving, sincere way. Not for God to take, to change that person, but to change her heart for that person. And then she starts to see them in the way that I think God wants us to see each other as humans. And when that happens, it's like the walls come crumbling down, man. It's like the Berlin Wall. Boom. Wow. So to me, that is my favorite movie just because of the principle that it teaches. That's uh, what these worksheets do. Yeah. Exactly what you, you just described. You need to watch that movie, bro. I will. I'm telling you, you will I cry. Just a... If you don't cry, I'll buy you lunch. Then I'm not human. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It is it's so powerful. You don't have to believe in God. I love it. Um, you don't have to believe in anything other than just believe in humanity. Yeah. If when you watch it, if you don't learn the principle that um, seeing people for who they are and that hearts to pray, man, there's power in praying for other people, praying for your enemies. I mean, that's what the self-help book that I read called The Bible and the Book of Mormon. That's yeah, really the principles it. that it teaches. I agree. Lose your life in the service of others and you'll find yourself. You know, those concepts. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. Check out War Room. Great movie. I will guarantee you I will watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's on Netflix. It's Is it? You probably can watch it for free yeah. on YouTube, but Love to. It's definitely on iTunes. Or I love moving movies, yeah. movies that move you. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. What's your absolute like ideal day look like if like money and time was not an issue? Like, what would your ideal day look like? I mean, all my answers are just always going to be the same. <laughs> my ideal day is. Waking up next to my wife, 
feeling loved, feeling like she knows how much I love her, um, knowing that my kids are healthy mentally, spiritually, physically, and making memories. Like our theme in life is making memories. We've got over the whole thing of like, you know, doing these expensive trips like, you know, the Disneyland and the cruises is, don't really mean anything to them. I mean, I think it means more to us as parents. Like we feel like, oh, we got to pay for memories. Mm-hmm. So we took them on this cruise a couple years ago and spent a lot of money t- to go on this cruise. Kids had everything, food 24-7, in-room service, um, Activities, swimming, rock climbing, surfing, bowling, Broadway plays. And you go off these offshore excursions and swimming with dolphins and whatever, right? End of the trip. Ah, so guys, this is, what was your favorite thing? I mean, there was so much. And you're <laughs> waiting for them to name any of these number of things that they did. And they said, when you came into our room and wrestled with us on the bed. Really? That was so powerful, like to me and my wife, that that was all, well, that was the, the main thing that they affect, that they enjoyed about, the, that they remembered. That's what made the trip for them. It was none of that other stuff. None of it. It was wrestling on the bed, which time to them equaled love. Was that human connection? Was that affection? Was that physical touch? So we're not, we'll never go on another cruise again. Well. <laughs> so it's all about my ideal day is just that. I want to have the wrestling on the bed type yeah. of days. I know I can't do it every day, but sure. my ideal day is at the end of the day, they say, what was the funnest thing about today? Oh, Dad when you were with us, when you spent time with us, when you touched us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Really cool. And that's free. I know. Wrestling's free. I know. And so that's the hardest thing to do, is to break away from mm. whatever it is yeah. that's chaining you down to your day to where you can't just be like, all my kid wants me to do right now is wrestle with them. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm on the busy. phone, I got to make a song, I got yeah. to make the money. Yeah, yeah. I got to slave to the grind, man. Yeah. I got to produce. Yeah. If I'm not producing, then I'm a failure, right? Yeah. Crazy what we do to our sweet selves. Um, how about your biggest fear? that I would do something, that something, my actions or my example would cause sadness to people that I love, that would cause sorrow, grief, 
Like if, if I felt like I was the reason that, I guess if I failed someone. And I know that I said I've never felt like I've been a failure. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever failed myself. But I think I've let, like, let people down, maybe. Like I feel like my dad feels like he let me down, let us kids mm -hmm. down. So I feel like that that is something that he battles with every day. And I know we can argue that it's not, that he didn't, but the reality, his reality, is that yeah. he did. Yeah. It sounds like you learned that from somebody close to you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I wouldn't want to, yeah, I think my biggest fear is just... Um, biggest fear that you let somebody down. Yeah. That I would fail to be what I know that I can be and should be for those who are in my life. For my wife, for my kids, and for friends, brothers, sisters, parents. So I'll follow that up with a question. So could you um, you said you didn't want to upset or sadden friends or family, basically, right? Let them down. Yeah, them cause down. them sorrow. Cause them like sorrow. something that I did, did. like an action that action I physically did. did. Causes them sorrow. Yeah, cause them okay. sorrow. Can you cause another human being sorrow? <laughs> well, according to a... Uh, <laughs> A man that I know by B. Bickbuller. Uh, <laughs> what I've learned from him. <laughs> See, the, the disadvantage of interviewing me is yes. See, I already subscribe your philosophy. Yeah. Um, but when we met with my dad, there was a, a lot of things that, that I already knew, but I didn't know how to communicate them. So I'm very grateful that you were able to help me in that path. Yeah. Um, so let's say before that, I have to almost kind of erase that. Yeah, I definitely feel... Say, what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to make sure I'm answering the right thing. <laughs> Do you feel like people, you can let other people down? Can right. you, yeah, let somebody down or cause them to be... No. Okay. Sorry. Yes, I, use, I used to, to believe be that. To be upset or sad. I believe I used to believe that. Well, I think you still do. <laughs> because of my answer that I gave you. Yes. <laughs> but if you want to talk your way out of it, you can attempt to. Okay. So let's say this. Okay. You said that we learn from our parents or learn whatever there is to learn from, right? It seems. Here seems. again, I don't know anything. These are just thoughts. So, if I were to come home every day and beat my wife in front of my kids and mm -hmm. yell at her and call her names, my kids would probably inherit that, right? They either would or they wouldn't. Now, let's say later in life, because of I treated my wife that, I had to go through that, and I eventually learned, man, that was just not the man I needed to be. And, you know, according to you, 
you know, that experience could actually lead some people, I don't mm -hmm. believe all, mm -hmm. to you needed to go through that to learn what, man, I was a jerk and that was so wrong of me and now I'm changing my ways, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think I'm willing to risk that. <laughs> <laughs> With my <laughs> no, you know what I mean. I wouldn't risk it either, bro. You know, I'm but not, some people do. Yeah, some people do, and some people it works out. But I probably statistically, it doesn't work out that way. I bet <laughs> if we were to go and find out if there was some kind of test <laughs> or some kind of survey that they've done, you know. Did you beat your wife and kids, and, and how did your they kids and your wife turn out? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I guess when I say that I'm, you know, I'm a I wouldn't want to be the reason that uh, it negatively impacts my kid's life. I think I have the ability to do that mm. by my actions. Want me to ask you another question? Yeah. Can you negatively impact your kids? Can I negatively impact my kids? Mm -hmm. I can negatively influence my kids. Yes, I can. By just that example I gave them. If I wanted to come home and... And be the beat up dad. on my wife every day. I think that is negative. I don't know how they could look at that and say, oh, well, he's beating them. But you know what? <laughs> it's going to turn into a positive for them and me. Uh, happens all the time. It happens all the time. Not saying that's okay. Yeah. It happens. It does happen all the time. But it's like if I'm, in, if I'm addicted to porn... Mm -hmm. Let's say I'm addicted to porn. Okay. But I have in my bedroom a TV. I have magazines and videos just in the drawer next to me. But I'm trying to overcome porn. Okay. I would not, if I were smart, I would take all the porn and I would remove it as far as I can from my house. I wouldn't just leave the porn there looking at me and saying, hey, I'm right here. Whenever you're feeling weak, come look at me. Mm -hmm. So I would try to just get rid of all that because it's negative. It's a negative influence. It's mm -hmm. temptation. It's why have it there? Right. So same thing with negativity. Like, yeah, I can, I can negatively influence my kids and I can positively influence my kids. Kids are very influential. Yeah. You know that. Sure. We already, we already determined that when we had the realization or I had the realization that I'm like my dad mm -hmm. coming home on the weekends. Yeah. So he yeah. influenced me. And I don't know if you could say that was negative in my mind, I think it was negative because when I'm not patient and I'm not as loving and irritable, I don't think that's good at all. Mm -hmm. I think it's human. Yeah. That's my final answer. That's your final answer. So... <clears throat> Your biggest fear is upsetting another human being or disappointing, essentially. Well, not upsetting. No, I think it's, it's more... Uh, or 
being responsible for not being for being irres for being res for being responsible for being irresponsible if I was and if I knowingly did it Does that make sense? Yeah, you knowingly knowingly misled, misguided someone, someone. And that which in turn led them to be miserable and spiteful and angry and have a terrible life. Yeah. What was your th I know that's ex dramatic and yeah, extreme, right. but it's all good. What was your um, back to the thought about your dad? Your dad's believes that he what did you say? You had the similar you had a similar thought that your dad had that we one of the first items you brought up. Hmm. I don't want to have my kids believe that I did oh, a yeah. bad job or something. What did you say? That they let what, me what, down. Yeah, let me down. Yeah. They let us down. Because your dad believes yeah, that I think he that let he you does. guys down, right? Yeah, I think he thinks so he So that's down. one of your fears. Right? Yeah. I mean I think you're worried it's, about letting your kids down. I think I don't think it's I mean, you ask me what my fears would be. I don't think it's a realistic. I think it's an irrational fear at this point in my life. Yeah. Only because I feel like that I'm above average. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm not really in fear of that, but that would be a big fear. But I don't, it's like I'm afraid of sharks. But... So I don't go in the ocean ever because I think, uh, uh, serious, I'm telling you, this is like an irrational fear. I think I'm going to get eaten by a shark, so I just don't go in the ocean. Right. But I know it's an irrational fear. So right. it's almost the same thing. Like, I don't feel like I would do that because given um, my relationship that I have with my kids, the way that me and my wife's relationship is, and then my connection that I have with God. So are you afraid of sharks? Yes. Oh, that's a true fear. Yeah, it's a true story. Yeah. It is? I don't go in the ocean. Okay, so listen to me. What's your biggest fear? So I should have said sharks. Sharks. Is that one of them? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you don't get in the ocean? No. I'll, I'll only get... To if, the knees. I'll only get into the knees, but if it's clear water and I know there's a reef, I'll get in the water. Really? Yeah. Where did that fear come from? It's just the ocean to me is like hell. Jaws. No, maybe Jaws. Yeah, probably Jaws. Yeah, that was a creep. Yeah, well, of course I got it from Jaws. Do you think you did? That was the very first movie I ever watched with a shark in it. It was eating people. It's a movie you watched. But it's an irrational fear. 100%. I mean, statistically speaking, yeah. more people will die from a vending machine falling on them than a shark attack. Shark attack, yeah. But I don't care. Because the thing is... <laughs> I can see a vending machine coming at me. I can't see no jaws coming at me when I can't see the water. And the ocean is just so big. Oh, the ocean. My biggest fear would be all of a sudden just like being in the middle of the ocean, just floating there with like in a life preserver, just on my head is out of the water. My feet are dangling. It's not pitch dark, it's light enough, the moon is shining, and then I see sharks coming at me and bumping up. Oh, come on, bro, you don't tell me that would be the most scariest situation in the world. And you're the only one in this enormous ocean. Yeah, I wouldn't want to experience that, but I don't worry about it. I mean, I'm just telling you what, 
you know, if that was my biggest fear. It's real for you. Yeah. So, so is it true you're really afraid of sharks? I mean, when I'm looking at them like on TV, I'm not like, yeah. ooh, it doesn't freak me out. I can be like, oh, look at that shark. So it's just a yes or a no. Are you afraid of sharks? I'm not afraid of sharks. I'm afraid of what they can do to me. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a yes or a no? You want me to say no? No, I want you to say whatever comes up for you. Are you afraid of sharks? Yeah, I'm okay. afraid of sharks. So can you absolutely know that you're afraid of sharks? Yeah. Okay. So when you believe the thought you're afraid of sharks, mm -hmm. how do you react and what happens? Well, I just don't go in water. Okay, you don't go in water. Yeah. What else? Notice your emotions when you have the thought, I'm afraid of sharks. You just explain the story to me. Yeah. So what goes, what emotions show up when you believe that you're afraid of sharks? I mean, I, emotions, I mean, I, I get afraid. Scared? Yeah. I get, I get I'm afraid of what's in the ocean because I don't know. We don't even know what's in the ocean. We're discovering things every day. Mm -hmm. Some kind of species that's like, that was 50,000 feet down on the ocean floor. And we're just like, whoa. Yeah. I don't like, I'm not good at not knowing. You're not good at not knowing? Because I feel like you don't have control. I'm a control freak. See, we can get in a whole new thing of that. I'm a control freak, perfectionist, and I'm very OCD about certain things. Like picture frames. They need yeah. to be straight. They got to be straight. So tell me what else shows up when you when you when you believe the thought, mm -hmm. and you're getting you're on the beach. Yep. And you're walking into the ocean. Yep. And you're having the thought, "I'm afraid of sharks." Every time I get in the ocean, I'm thinking a shark's going to come. Okay, so so what emotions show up for you? Like, how do you feel in that moment? Explain to me. But well, well, there's two sides because I know it's kind of an irrational fear, so I'm not like totally loony. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh man, this is just because of Jaws, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, and it's also because I just heard that a guy in Australia just got ate yeah. by a shark. It happens. And that there were just sightings here in California on this very beach that there were some sharks, and we should stay out of that area, right? Right. So I'm telling my kids, don't go in too far, and I'm standing yeah. there just close enough, so I feel okay. very protective of them. I feel. So you're um, protecting your kids. Yep, so I'm protecting my kids. And you're teaching them what? Um, safety. Fear. <laughs> I'm teaching them safety. You're teaching them fear. To be but, scared. But they're not scared. I know, but you're teaching them to be. Yeah, I am. So what are you teaching them, safety or fear? Just notice. Yeah, I'm teaching them fear. Yeah, I can see where you're going. You got me on that one. No, I didn't get you. We're just having a lovely <laughs> conversation here. Yeah, we're I'm just scared. showing you what happens when fear shows up in your life. But when I say they're sharks, they go, Dad, you're just being stupid. And then they go in the water. I mean, they will go out there. Yeah, they're fine. And I'm like, guys, you're too far. Come back. So what are you teaching your kids? You know, Nemo, don't touch the butt. <laughs> don't touch the butt. <laughs> don't leave the reef. Uh, yeah, I'm teaching them fear. Crazy, huh? Yeah. You never would consider that, though, right? So that's what's so cool about when you ask, ask these questions. You, you want to be a good dad, right? Yeah. A good dad teaches their children to be fearless. Yeah. That's a good dad. Not that you're going to jump in front of a car on the highway, right? Right. But like, 
if they want to go explore the ocean and check it out, like, that's what it's for. But There's surfers out there all day, every day. How can you be aware of a shark? Don't get in the ocean. Don't get in the ocean. <laughs> and how much fun is that? I know. Well, that's why they have pools. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we met, we built the pool, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I pool, can totally see what you're pool with a, a wave pool. That's why they invented you wave know, it's pools. Got a rock no they can jump off. They know exactly how deep it goes. <laughs> it's clear water. So notice how else? Like, look at yourself on the beach. How are you reacting when you believe the thought that there's a shark in the ocean? How are you reacting? Irrational. In that moment, okay, you're being irrational. Yeah, I'm being irrational. What else? Now I'm going to sound like my dad, but I'm not exactly sure what you're trying to ask me. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, tell me how you feel when you believe that thought. I mean, I don't think I really, every time, it just like break it down into like emotions. It just, it's just ingrained in me. So I'm just like, ocean, sharks, I stay here. Yeah. And notice how you feel when you stay there. Mm. What's going through your mind? Well, I feel I'm safe right here. Okay, so you feel safe. Yeah, I go, I'm but good. But what's going on in your mind as you're standing <laughs> in the sand? You don't feel safe, or you wouldn't be standing in the sand. Oh, I feel safe at where I'm up to my knees. Yeah. But you don't feel safe, or you'd be into your shoulders, oh, is heck, what I'm saying. Oh, I wouldn't do that. That's what I'm saying. If you felt safe yeah. standing there, you'd be in the water. Yeah. I'd be body safe. You're standing on the beach because you feel unsafe. Yeah, I feel unsafe. I feel a little worried. Worried? <laughs> yeah. Keep going. How else um, do you feel standing there? Really sit in it. Okay, let me Notice just, how you I just want to imagine yeah. myself Close your eyes standing in, and, in the water. And, yep. And you just sit there and notice the emotions and how you're reacting standing there in the water worrying about sharks. Well, now it just seems kind of silly. <laughs> you know? But what I want you to do is, is stay there when you're in the situation and not consider it being not silly but how you really feel when you're standing there like just notice your emotions that are showing up I just feel unsafe yeah it just feels unsafe to me I feel uneasy I feel a little anxious yeah I think I feel really anxious I just feel un, uh, uneasy and anxious about not knowing if there's a shark lurking and I'm going to be its next meal. <laughs> so you're worried you're going to die? Yeah. You're yeah. standing there in the sand worrying you're going to die? Yeah, I'm worried that, yeah, I am. And I do not want to die that way. So are you living in that moment? Are you dying as you're standing there in the sand? Yeah, well, I guess I would be dying because I'm definitely not enjoying being in there. And also, are you know, are you worried about your kids? They're out there swimming and to their shoulders. What are your thoughts about your kids as you stand there on the beach? Hmm. I mean, they do get in in their shoulders. That's a thing. But I'm usually either standing right there, mm. so I feel like I'm, I could protect them, and I'm kind of on the lookout mm -hmm. for a fin. 
But then sometimes I'm actually even like 30, 40 feet up on my towel observing them and they're mm -hmm. up on their shoulders and I'm mm. just, I kind of, I, and that's when I realize that I'm being irrational yeah. and I'm able to say, you know what, I'm scared of sharks, but I don't want them to scare, be scared because they're having fun. Mm. So I'm more worried about myself. And I don't, I, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've taught them fear just by saying, oh man, I'm too scared. So they're thinking, oh, dad's a wuss. And maybe in their mind, they're a little scared too. But I think they, they almost see that how dumb I'm being. Yeah. And so. Kids are pretty bright. Yeah. But you are concerned for their safety standing there, right? Yeah. So you're. Of course. I mean, any parent. I mean, just yeah. not the sharks, just drowning, you know, yeah. just drowning or a wave coming in and hitting them down onto a rock or. Hmm. Stepping on a jellyfish. <laughs> hmm. yeah. yeah. It's just interesting, though, when you sit in it to yeah. notice all the emotions that yeah. show up, and you just said, well, it's just kind of natural, right? Well, it's my innate yeah. right. behavior of what I think and believe when I'm near the ocean. Yeah. And notice how comfortable that is, you know? Like you're kind of missing out on your life for a moment because yeah. you're in fear and you're also missing out on your kids' life, worrying and being so concerned about them. So who would you be standing there on the beach without that thought that you're afraid of sharks? <laughs> who would you be standing oh, there? Oh, I would be in the water, be just, um, I'd be in the water with them. Having fun, no worries, and just focusing on, like I said, memories, making good memories with them. Yeah. That's who I'd be. Yeah. I'd be fearless. Isn't that the dad you want to be? Yeah. And the human that you want to be? Yes. But. But what? I think kids need to see their parents also. I think they need to see that we're fearful of things mm. and that we're vulnerable and that we're not perfect and that we don't got it all figured mm. out. Because in no way, see, I think that's my fear of where I say letting them down is that I paint a picture of who they think I am, but I'm not really that person yeah. because I've put on this I'm perfect. I got it. I'm fearless. I got all the answers. I'm, I'm never going to cry in front of you. I'm never going to be vulnerable. I'm never going to tell you I didn't. I made that mistake. You yeah. know. So don't you think that we yeah. can go that direction? Sure. That could be. I agree. I, I think all human. Just as bad for them. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's just as bad, but I mean, I do my best not to instill fear in my kids. Yeah. Which my wife is, you know, she's the opposite. She's kind of afraid to get <clears> in the ocean. She has her worrisome thoughts about the water, too. Um, so I just try to, like, just show them how cool the ocean is. Get and in, swim around, too. scuba. I should love the water. Yeah. And, and, and you do love the water. I do love the water. The only reason you don't is because you've seen a movie and you believe the movie, mm -hmm. you know, and you bought that story. But yeah, I mean, all of us have fears, you know. There's to me, that that's where ego comes in too. Like I yeah. could either sh tell them, like, "Man, Dad has messed up. Dad has made some stupid decisions." 
Mm-hmm. I could either keep that from them because my ego tells me they don't need to know those things. They just need to know that dad's got it all together and that mom mm-hmm. and dad never have a disagreement or we right. never argue. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or I could just be like, yeah, me and your mom aren't perfect. Man, and I messed up. I mean, I just had an instance the other day where I came home and I was a jerk and I said some things at the dinner table and it wasn't about the mustard or the onions that my wife said she was going to get and she didn't get, but I, that's what I could point at. Yeah. And I got upset with her oh, and my course. kids were just sitting there at the table mm-hmm. and they're just like, what is going on? Why yeah. is dad upset? And I'm like, man, I'm not even upset about that. Yeah. And I was upset about some other things that were going on and something I was stressed about and some mm-hmm. business stuff. And I shouldn't have been upset about that, but I was. Hey, it's normal, bro. And I took it we out all, on them, you know. We all do it. And so I yeah. had an opportunity either to let it slide, not mention anything to them, or I could mm-hmm. have a teaching opportunity to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and apologize to them for what I did. And so mm-hmm. I decided to take them individually and apologize for what I said to their mom and mm-hmm. that I first asked them, I go, have you ever went to school and just someone did something or said something or a teacher did something and this made you upset and then you came home and you were mean to your sibling? Mm-hmm. But you weren't really mad at your sibling, but you, because you were mad at something that happened at school, you just took it out on them? And like, yeah. And then, okay, I, that's what I did the other mm-hmm. day. I wasn't mad with mom. I wasn't mad with you guys, but I took it out on her. Mm. And I apologized and mm. I think it was good. So I was being vulnerable. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And you were confused when you got home and you took it out on the mustard and the onions. Yeah. Or whatever it may be. But isn't it crazy too when our minds are off, we just we find a reason to blow up. Yeah. And we put it on whatever's in front of us instead of dealing with yeah. what's actually took place. So that's my biggest fear now if we get back yeah. to um, that is that if those are the same kind of things that my kids are going to remember me for. Yeah. They'll probably never f- remember that happened, but you'll remember I hope it. So. I hope I kind of redeem that situation, but I just, um, it could be easy to let the natural man <laughs> kick in. Sure. And, it's normal. and rule your mind and your actions like that, you know. Mm. So here's a question. <clears throat> What's the opposite of I'm afraid of sharks? Standing there on the beach. What's the opposite of I'm afraid of sharks? I love the creation that God made. I love that crea- I love that God created sharks. Mm. They're beautiful. Yeah. Or so. Or so love. What's the opposite of afraid? Um, I mean, that's a hard one. How about this? Try this one on. I'm not afraid of sharks. Yeah. So standing there on the beach, how are you not afraid of the sharks? Well, I'm not afraid of them because I, I know that, one, they're not really kind of just looking for people to eat. Mm-hmm. That's just something, again, that the, I was taught to, yeah. to um, believe. So me saying not, I'm not afraid of sharks... Yeah, it would be it'd be cool. But think of a reason. Why are you not afraid of sharks? Just give me one reason why they're not scary. Hmm. 
Well, I'm not afraid of sharks because I know that it's an irrational fear. But what's one reason why you're not afraid of a shark? Um, because I'm smarter than a shark. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one. Give me another one. Why are you not afraid why of a shark? Why am I not afraid of a shark? Notice how hard it is to find these it answers. It is. I'm not afraid of the shark. Because? Because the shark really doesn't want to eat me. Okay, so there's two. Give me another one. I'm not afraid of the shark because... The shark's probably more afraid of me. There's three. Give me another one. Oh, that was a pretty good one. That, that was a really that. good one. That's all I got. Well, you got more. I'm not afraid of the shark because... belief for how old are you? 46. Let's say you, 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 you believe that thought after you saw Jaws when you were what, 8 or 10? Yeah, probably. You're 46? So for 36 years you believe that thought. That's why it's so hard to find a reason outside of I'm afraid of sharks because you've believed it for 36 years. Isn't that crazy? Yep. I mean, you've given me three examples. There's more. Yeah. And you're having a hard time finding them. And what we're doing here is just giving your mind or the ego another avenue to explore why sharks aren't scary. I'm not afraid of sharks because they're actually pretty um, nice creatures. We've yeah. painted them to be mean. Yep. Yeah. There we go. One more. One more? Dude, I gave you four, bro. That's four, I know. You could rip ten off when you get good at this. Oh, dang. I'm not afraid of sharks because they really don't have any control over whether I live or die. It's really good. You have another one? No. <laughs> no? Probably if I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give you one? Yeah, give me one. Um, I'm not afraid of sharks because I've never witnessed a, sh a shark attack live. Yeah. I've only seen the movie of it. Well, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of sharks. I've never even actually seen a shark. Like, <laughs> no, I've never seen a shark like next to me in the ocean. Yeah, you've only seen them on TV. Yeah. So you're afraid of this <laughs> fictional creature that showed up on the TV. Yeah. So well, it's real, but it's never been real in front of my eyes. Is it real? I would question. 
You don't even know if they exist. Hey, National Geographic, bro. You go watch Shark Week. It's TV. They're all over the place. That's a movie. <laughs> it's reality, man. <laughs> but it's a movie. If we were to get back onto what that is, that is a big one. Is that I'm not afraid of sharks because I've never actually seen a shark. Yeah. So it, you're afraid of something you've never seen. Yeah. Just just sit in that for a minute. Yeah. Notice how that feels. Can you notice yourself kind of like, yeah, chilling out on your. On your fear, notice the ego is just kind of calming down. Man, I've never considered all this. Like, yeah. What am I afraid of? Interesting. Yep, it is interesting. Oh. And then uh, another thing you can do is you turn <laughs> it around to the other and you can say, I'm afraid of sharks. And then if you turn around the other, sharks are afraid of me. Yeah. So give me one example how the shark's afraid of you. I thought I gave one, didn't I? No, what we did was the opposite. Oh. So what we did was, I'm not afraid of sharks. Now we're saying, oh, yeah. turn around the other side. Oh, yeah, so. that's right, because I said I'm not afraid of sharks because they're probably because actually afraid of me. they are afraid of you. Yeah. yeah. So that would be one example of the sharks right. more afraid of me right. than, than sharks then, more afraid of me of than the I, shark. I am of the shark. Yeah, and why else are sharks afraid of, let's just say, you or humans? Well, they're afraid of us because we actually kill sharks. Okay, there's two. Yeah. Sharks are afraid of me because... I can live on land and they can't. So they can't come out of the water, they'll right. die. Sure. They can only come up and grab you real quick. All right. <laughs> and pull you down. Yeah. And who kills more sharks? Do humans kill more sharks or sharks kill more humans per year? Huh. I don't know. That'd be interesting. I mean, I would. I don't think. Do sharks really eat each other? Or do they eat. I don't think they eat each other, fish? but what I'm saying, do sharks kill. Humans more often, or do humans kill oh, sharks? Oh, gotcha. Oh, for often. sure, I would have to say probably humans killing sharks. Yeah. yeah. I think they're afraid of humans. Humans, yeah. Because yeah, we're, we're, we're a scary species. We kill them for food, right? And for sport. Uh, any advice you can share with our listeners today will change the way that they deal with anxiety, addiction, or depression, anything? That, well, I'm pretty sure at this them? point, three hours and 30 minutes into it, we don't have any listeners. They're gone. <laughs> we might have to do part three. Dude, this is a four episodes. Four episodes. You know, actually, I got, I have an idea, and we can talk about it when we're done. But, love to. Okay, some advice. Any advice for listeners? Anything you do to try to well, I think to doing what we did life. tonight. I think being vulnerable, um, putting your ego aside, being willing to just talk to someone. I think that is probably, I mean, I don't think um, you can do it on your own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we try to do. I think we try to, um, you know, what we learn from TV, what we learn from um, books, what we learn from uh, 
newspapers or anything. I think we, we just think, okay, being, um, showing, we don't want to show weakness. Like, who wants to show they're weak? You know, our ego won't allow it. But I think being vulnerable and just talking to someone can really open your mind to things that otherwise you would never have thought about on your own. So I think, I mean, the thing that I got out of this tonight was just, I mean, the shark thing, like I never thought about that fear. You know, I knew it was an irrational fear, but I didn't really know that that was my ego not allowing me to really tell myself that I'm really not afraid of sharks. And why would I be afraid of sharks? I've never seen a shark. So yeah, go talk to people. Talk to people. Mm-hmm. Be open. That's really good advice. Talk to Brandon. Yeah. Or just talk to human yeah. beings. Yeah. Just make a connection with a right. human being. We're too connected these days to all this technology that I'm looking at around me right now and my cell phone and your iPad and everything. We need to connect. We need to disconnect and reconnect yes. with each other. Yeah. Well said, bro. Really well said. Um, yeah, that about wraps it up. I got some comments here. Do you uh, have anything else you want to share? Anything I didn't ask you that you want to talk about at all? No, I mean, you asked you, me things you, I didn't want you to ask me. So well, that's, that's part of the there. deal, bro. <laughs> It's part of the deal, and I made some notes. We got a whole no, it was cool. two or three more other podcasts. It was, it was fun. I appreciate you doing this. It yeah. was beneficial to me. Yeah, I feel like fun. I'm a, a little bit more above average because yeah. of our conversation. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I learned a lot from you this evening. Like you say, connecting with humans is about closest heaven as I get, you know? with your wife, your kids, your brothers, sisters, mom, dad, just having like vulnerable conversations. Like you opened up a lot. You shared a lot of stuff tonight, a lot, (laughs) that a lot of, you know, famous people might not want to share, right? But you were honest, you were open, and and I really appreciate that. It's very, very kind of you to share. Well, I felt safe to bring it up to you. Yeah, Or else I wouldn't have. Yeah. And I really do appreciate your time. For those of you that don't know, we're, we live in Utah. It's 12.30 a.m. So we did this in the evening because Al has a busy uh, day schedule with uh, his band and all of his obligations. So uh, we met in the evening, which was wonderful. Um, a couple thoughts real quick. Uh, I always leave the listeners with Uh, something they can do to strengthen and open and understand their minds a little better. This is your homework this week. And this is coming from Al's advice. Watch a movie. It's called The War Room. I haven't seen it, but from the sounds of it, uh, it ties right into what we're discussing here, exercising the mind and learning how to forgive others, be a kinder, more loving human being. So that's your exercise for the week. And uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast and thank Al for sharing his uh, life story and his journey with us. 
He's a beautiful man and a very talented soul, and I hope you enjoyed the Minds Gym podcast. Um, here's a final thought. Remember, you can only save yourself, and you're the creator of your own reality. It's up to you on how you perceive the negative events in your life. When you get clear, you'll understand the negative events were a positive. No accidents here. Once you understand this and find your truth, your entire entire world shifts. And I truly want to thank you for your support. Again, please like and share this with at least two friends. If we could give this out to the world, uh, you know, we'd create a lot less fear and uh, animosity on this planet. And uh, you guys can help us change the world. And I appreciate you guys taking your time out of your busy schedule and your beautiful day to listen to my lovely guest and myself. Your natural state of being is peace and love. If you're experiencing any negative emotions, you're out of your natural state of mind. If you're out of balance, question your mind and question your thoughts, especially your negative thoughts. Only believing a negative thought can cause you pain and suffering. Question those thoughts and change your world. And I thank you. And I love to say we're twins. We're all equals and we're all sharing similar thoughts. I'm in you, and you are in me. Now go and save your lovely self. If you have questions or would like a one-on-one life-changing discussion with myself, contact me on Instagram at the Minds Gym Podcast or email me at themindsgym at gmail.com. If you have any guests you'd like me to interview, please send me a referral. Peace and love to you all. Now go exercise your lovely mind. Thank you.